0: Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire Demasquerade live play podcast. I am Silvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The coterie listened and interrupted as Alabaster Kane laid out his case against Val. Everett and Barty discussed potential punishments, Evangeline decided to call upon Jiro's grandfather as a character witness, and Doris made a bold plan to call the prince himself to the stand. Meanwhile, Val studied the jail's weak points, just in case. Can the defense team outsmart a prosecutor with much more experience and a prince on his side? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here.
1: Alright, uh, defense? Take it away, I guess.
2: Is that is that me? That's me. Um, <clears throat> would you like to talk to Everett? Uh, yes, I would like to recall or call, f- I guess, for the first time uh, to the stand sheriff Fry.
1: Okay, Everett, you got to go sit in that chair. Everett, you have to <laughs> switch from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk. All right, and I'll
3: go sit. Greater, are you going to lie or whatever? No, nah, I'll tell the truth. Oh, thank
1: God. <laughs> take it away, Evangeline.
2: Thank, thank you, Barty. Uh, thank you, Sheriff. Because um, what I want you to do is uh, tell exactly the truth. Um, can you tell me, please, in your own words, uh, how the confrontation between yourself and Officer Miller began? What what led to the first blow?
3: Sure. Uh... I believe a, uh, uh, a conversation, uh, took place, uh, and, uh, uh, officer Miller, uh, uh, was, uh, impacted by her, uh, beast.
2: And where did this conversation take place and who was present?
3: Took place here in the station. I was, you were officer Barbara and officer Miller. Uh, and I believe, uh, Officer Bart was also present for that conversation. Did I get over here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And what did Officer Miller do once it appeared that her beast had come to the fore?
3: She removed herself from the situation. She went outside to get some air.
2: Interesting. So she didn't immediately try to attack you.
3: That's correct.
2: Okay. And what happened? Uh, in I'm only asking from your perspective, what happened after... Officer Miller left.
3: I ordered you to go after her uh, and speak to her. Uh, I spoke to Officer Barbara myself. uh, And uh, after a short while, went outside to see how that was going between you two.
2: Correct. And how was it going?
3: Uh, It did not look to be going uh, the way I expected. Um, Officer Miller, uh, I believe, was physically threatening you, at which point I told her uh, that she'd be dealing with me.
2: I see. And how did Officer Miller respond? What was what were the next steps?
3: Uh, she did turn her attention to me, um, and I basically said after
2: that, you, and if you could just repeat you you as the sheriff.
3: Yeah, I told her that she would be dealing with me uh, if she was had anything that she needed to work through. It would be with me.
2: And can you please tell me what would have happened if Officer Miller had decided to? Not turn her attention to you.
3: Well, I would have been in, within my authority as the sheriff to uh, kill her then and there uh, to protect my other officers. Um, I didn't want any of my officers to be killed that night or any night. I, you know, we're a we're a, a small force here, and I value all my officers.
2: So, what you're saying is that uh, regardless of. Uh, Uh, officer Miller's actions or what appeared whatever her intents were initially you would have initiated a physical altercation with officer Miller yeah thank you uh can you please so as I understand you said uh what you asked officer Miller to deal with you yeah and where did you ask her to go somewhere did you ask I understand that you ended up in the basement how did that happen
3: Uh, I told her that's where we would have this out. Uh, I knew that she was not herself and that there are limited ways in which uh, a kindred uh, can alleviate themselves of this kind of, uh, what, uh, fervor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I went to a place that we could control that was out of the public eye uh, and that would be uh, safe for everyone else.
2: All right. And once you were in the basement, uh, what did you did you have to say anything to initiate an attack? Did Officer Miller initiate on her own? How did the first physical altercation come about?
3: Uh, We uh, uh, we basically had it out right away. Um, Simultaneously, we both knew what was happening, that we were going to fight each other.
2: Okay, Yeah. So it was a simultaneous attack. Yeah. Would you say? Under, again, your order.
3: That's right. I told her it was going to be with me, and I told her where, and she followed those orders.
2: All right. And did anything interrupt the altercation?
3: You did. At one point, you came down uh, and uh, fired a uh, crossbow bolt into Officer Miller, put her into torpor uh, in my uh, admittedly uh, limited... uh, experience with how Torpor can affect a, a kindred that is uh, in the throes of uh, an episode. Um, I did, uh, uh, we did remove the bolt to see if... Can I
2: ask who removed the bolt?
3: Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering, I believe uh, you did, under my orders.
2: Yes, and after I removed the bolt, uh, who did Val attack next?
3: Uh she went for uh, for you, I believe. yeah.
2: right. And then what happened?
3: Uh, then, uh, uh, I basically got you out of there and resumed uh, my original plan of of having it just be between her and I.
2: Right. So when Val awoke, she intended to attack myself. Yeah. and once again, you stepped in to protect one of your officers.
3: Uh, yes, yeah.
2: Could you say that you forced the confrontation between yourself and Officer Miller?
3: Oh yeah, I would say so. Uh, uh, and Mr. then Evangeline's
2: <laughs> like, I don't know next, <laughs> what Fry, next. <laughs> Mr. Fry. Mr.
4: <laughs> Fry. Yeah. Would you say that maintaining the hierarchy in this town is important to you?
3: Uh, yeah, I would say that, yeah.
4: Would you say that maintaining the hierarchy within your own department is important?
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: May I ask why that's important to you in the greater context of New Haven?
3: Oh, just for the you know the stability of the of the town. I know that you know New Haven is a uh, a pretty new and uh, radical concept in terms of mortal folk and, and vampire folk uh, living together, and that for for this place to succeed, you know. Uh, those that are in power and in leadership need to be careful about things like public perception and, and general stability of the public.
4: So you're saying that everything that you did and your decisions, would you say, were towards the good of the survival of the town?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Officer Miller, uh, When, uh, 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 whenever I... I Need her uh, is is always performed admirably and quite capably in the protection and service of New Haven, right? And, and so
4: every decision that you made that night was for the good of the town.
3: Yeah, including not killing Officer Miller.
1: All right, I uh, feel like they've made. I some have one more question. Points. One oh, okay, <laughs> fine. One more.
4: And would you agree, sir, after all of Evangeline's questions and points made, that every action that Val Miller made towards you that night was under your specific direction?
3: Uh, just about, yeah. Anytime I gave her an order, she she followed it. Yeah.
4: So she was following orders for the good of the hierarchy?
1: Is that a second question? Because I thought you only needed one more. <laughs> well, I'd like to answer. Uh, fine. Ugh. Uh, yes, yes. All right. Alabama's <laughs> game cracks his fingers and stands up, and just says, "Do you believe?" Oh, obviously, <laughs> She's these hand two, up there already. was an air five. So I think we can oh, agree air five. How did
4: you do an air five? Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay. I was but like, we could agree. Up
1: again. <laughs> there's a there. There could be a high five at the defense table. I'm fine with that.
4: No, no, no. There's only not. Could be one
1: under the defense <laughs> yeah. table if, if desired. Um. <laughs> Alabaster Kane stands up and comes around and he just says, do you believe that you, as the sheriff, are the prince's representative here right. in New Haven? I believe that is uh, the way uh, it works, yeah. And do you believe that all of your officers should only follow lawful orders, not those that would cause them to break the laws? Uh,
3: given the, uh, uh, my background as a, uh, an officer of, I guess, what you might call mortal law, uh, I believe uh, I'm, I'm I'm finding that there is room for flexibility, especially when we're talking
1: about the greater good of New Haven. I would really like you to just answer my question: uh, If they were going to, if if you were to give an order that would cause them to break the law, should an officer follow it?
3: If the sheriff, me,
1: yeah, yes, yeah. So, if you ordered Val Miller to attack the Prince of New Haven, should she do it?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah. Interesting. I I don't uh, expect her to, uh,
1: but as the sheriff, I expect my orders to be followed. Now, in this... So, you believe you are the highest authority in the Camarilla in New Haven? Because you can order her to attack the Prince who runs New Haven? And she should do it. No, I'm merely answering your hypothetical question. I don't believe that. These things cannot both be true. That you can order a subordinate to attack the prince and they should do it means you are the highest authority. Or you order a subordinate to attack the prince and they should refuse following current Camarilla law. May I clarify then? Please. All right. I
3: believe that my orders should be followed. Uh, I believe that if I order uh, someone under me to attack one of my superiors, the prince, then
1: that order should not be followed. Is that correct? Is that clear? That, that makes a great deal more sense. Now, you are the prince's representative in this city. And you ordered an officer to attack you, the prince's representative in this city. Yes. You, then, as the prince... Ordered the prince assaulted. It was an unlawful order. You could not order someone to attack the sheriff.
2: And? Objection. Uh, the The prosecution is making a false equivalency.
1: How is it false?
2: He's not
4: the prince.
1: But he's the representative of the prince.
4: But they're two very different people.
1: My prince, what do you think? I'm going to side with the prosecution on this one. So we have that. (laughs) My other question, you gave the order, which I can understand for, actually I can't entirely understand it, I think it's very stupid, but you apparently gave the order for your officer to attack you. Did you do this before or after? It was very clear that she was going to attack someone no matter what.
3: Uh, before. It did not seem clear to me that she would attack
1: just anyone. So you saw her threatening someone else, but you decided she should come after you and go and fight you in the basement? That's correct. Would you have given that order if she was not already threatening another officer? Yeah. You you randomly walk around to random officers and say, fight me in the basement?
3: Not randomly.
1: Have you at any other point in your career gone up to one other officer in this department and said, fight me in the basement? Not yet. So No. <laughs> If if the answer has to be a yes or a no, I don't believe it does. It does now, uh, uh, Your Honor. And <laughs> I look over to Bart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this just feels like he wants you to say yes or no. I don't. I don't know if that's unreasonable. Uh. And he like looks around the room. Uh. Roll me a wits and etiquette.
3: <laughs> uh. Etiquette is nothing. Wits is everything. <laughs> One, two, three. Fucking four,
4: prince, okay. man.
1: Uh, two successes. Albaster Kane got three. He's very <sighs> persuasive. Uh, so you will have to answer this question, yes or no. Sorry, you just got to phrasing the question,' just getting yeah, it feels like you're weaselling, like even to me, and <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. so just like you you know the answer, right? Uh,
3: could you repeat the question, please?
1: Have you at any point ordered anyone in this department to fight you in the basement? Yes. Have you done it more than once in this instance with Val Miller? No. Excellent. So, as a summation, he made this order because Val was already losing it. And it was an unlawful order that should not have been followed. Lastly, is there anything important coming up in the future of this city that would require a fit sheriff? No. So there, there's nothing... Of import in regards to, clearly in the condition you're in, there's nothing important in the next four or five days. No. So you could accept this kind of damage without any threat to reputation or the city? Yes. And you swear that nothing of import is occurring in front of the prince, knowing that if you are lying, there will be punishment raining down on you in the future. Uh, An answer to the question, that's correct darn he says and goes and sits down uh normally i would make you roll for a deception for this however alabaster Kane has no way of knowing that you have a meeting coming up nor does anybody else it's never been discussed outside of the department
3: and i would argue that my state doesn't impact my ability to negotiate
1: oh i mean and have a conversation even that would be even if it went further yeah but he doesn't fucking know so it's not a world where you're like i have to lie because he has it's like he just no one fucking knows about this yeah
3: just just from the specific phrasing of his question uh everett does not believe he's like perjuring himself yeah
1: Great, so yeah. you're fine. Yeah, uh, and he has sat down. So Bart's like, okay, uh, call the call the next witness, I guess.
3: All right. Ever gets up
1: and sits back beside Bart.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't remember their names. Um,
1: Kenneth and Barbara Kenneth. Kishimoto. You can call either of them. You probably don't need to call both. Um, who would you?
2: Mm, I feel like these. I feel like Alabaster Kane, and I feel like Toasteros are old school. So we should call Kenneth. Mm. It might be a little sexist. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think it's a safe bet. Yeah. So, um, uh,
1: are you thinking that, or are you saying that? Think,
2: I'm thinking. <laughs> <Okay>. I'm thinking <laughs> that. I Sorry. <laughs> I
1: was like, you were conferring with Claire. I don't know. If this is I'm thinking that. In no, I think that's
2: going to be something that we can probably confer about when deciding on who to call, because we would have had to call them already. Valid.
1: Val, <laughs> how do you feel having heard this debate with the first witness of your case as you sit at your desk, not able to affect things?
2: Yeah, I think just she she doesn't think anything will help this. The Val is so in her own head of like everyone in town hates me. I am just a blunt weapon. Doesn't think anybody that can be called would be do a good job. She thinks maybe Will would, but it's the same thing. Of that's a dangerous play anyway. But she's yeah, she has no hope in in this situation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie, uh, you're calling Kenneth.
2: The defense. Hmm. Uh, calls, uh, Mr. Kenneth Kishimoto to the stand. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network.
0: Here's another show we know you'll love.
2: I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file.
1: Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason so lost right now when was the last time you chose a direction and followed it i'm
3: going to ocean bay we don't get many tourists this time of year
0: ocean bay is a friendly town but we're not that friendly i never sent you an email
1: i don't even know you
3: and why exactly are you here the map is the reason we're here
2: maps help when you're lost Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist.
3: Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going
0: on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street.
1: So maps can have secrets.
0: Yes, maps can have secrets.
1: Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you
3: listen to podcasts. Howdy. I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell... For just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but it's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, we'll just head on over to patreon.com slash That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B. D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon?
1: Kenneth enters from outside, waved in by a deputy, and just kind of walks up, sits down, and just like, Okay. Barry's like, Are you gonna lie? (laughs) No? Oh, thank God. (laughs) And Barty lights up a cigarette and is downing an iced tea because he finally got access to his office again when he climbed through the broken window.
2: Hi, Mr. Kishimoto. Uh, I'm so sorry to bring you in um, like this. I really appreciate you coming in on such short notice. Okay. Um, I'd just like to... um, If you could just tell me a little bit about uh, Jiro and... His experience with you know Mr. Kitty and that whole situation and and how how if there's been any change in him after the the uh, us four and he kind of points to the officers and Everett Fry um came, uh, came to see you and and. Why don't you just answer that first and then we'll go on?
1: Can you roll me a charisma and persuasion? Yep. This is a test because this is a room full of vampires where Kenneth has been called in without any experience of what's going on into like the vampire HQ and is now testifying at a trial he does not understand. Mm-hmm. How hostile does he assume this process is when you bring him in and are like, "Tell all the vampires about your kid," which is a reasonable question for the trial, yeah. but a nerve wracking question for a guy who's like, "I don't know who that fucking vampire is. How much yeah. do I want to describe my family?"
2: Yeah. Okay. Three successes.
1: That's not bad. That's not bad. He's he's a little nervous. Is uh, he not like fully cured to <laughs> calm? But mm-hmm. he's also not terrified. Sitting down, he has had enough positive experiences with the department. She's so just like, okay, well, uh, my son, he's seven, technically grandson. He calls us his parents. Uh, let's just accept that. Uh, hes I'm going to use son for the rest of this. My, my son uh, lost his cat, and he called the department when we were not home. And then the department came, and it was scary for a second. But then everyone was pretty pleasant, and then they brought the cat back. And he was very happy and then when we went to the friendship festival the department was very nice he's a big fan
2: thank you very much for that i appreciate that mr kishimoto um and can you tell us um if Jiro's uh, spoken with officer miller at all um and and how he feels about her
1: uh so jiro's favorite officer is doris because they got along about cats right and then val officer miller officer miller uh I, he you can he call likes, her Val if you'd like to. No thank you. Uh, okay. officer Miller <laughs> uh, he he likes her. he was very excited. They were going to write a book together at the friendship festival about and he just winces about spooky spooky the ghost baby, uh, one of his many imaginary friends uh, and he went. And he said she originally didn't want to write the book with him, and then he got kind of upset. But then she helped him out, and then scary people showed up, and she got him to leave to be safe. So I appreciate that about her. Uh, and of all the officers, with the exception of Doris, who I don't know if it actually makes him, Doris makes him feel more safe, or just also likes cats. So if he gets to talk about cats, it's kind of a win for Jiro. But yeah, Val Val was like a good cop, I guess.
2: Thank you. And can I ask, um, before you met, uh, ha- has your opinion changed uh, the about the, uh, the New Haven Sheriff's Department uh, from before the missing cat situation to after?
1: Yeah, you seem less murderous now than you did before.
2: And why do you think uh, we seem that way to you?
1: Because you brought the cat back and didn't kill anyone.
2: I see. So, do you feel safer after?
1: Yes. that. Yes.
2: And can I ask, how do you feel knowing that Officer Miller is out every night trying to keep New Haven safe?
1: I mean, he looks at everyone present and he's like, I mean if something really bad is coming, she's arguably the one I'd want in the room. And why is that? Uh I have to tell the truth, right? Absolutely. He points to Doris and he's like, "You seem insane. <laughs> you look like you're about to die." He says pointing at Everett <laughs> and Evangeline, he's like, "You're the weather person." <laughs> I take the the tough person. And he points at Val. I'm sorry. I didn't want to offend anyone, but I wasn't allowed to lie.
2: That's I none taken. Completely understand. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for your candor. Um, and Evangeline just kind of whispers to, to Doris like, is there anything else? Um,
4: so you, so you mean that out of everybody in the sheriff's department night division right now, you would argue that Val is the one that you'd want to keep the most?
1: Yes. I don't know the department well enough to really be able to say... It's just us four. Yes, but I mean, I don't know who should, like, run this. Like, I don't know. I just
4: mean in a pinch, if you had to choose. A
1: big monster coming down the street? Her.
4: And the world is full of monsters, isn't it?
1: I mean, look at
3: you fucking people. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Everett is now looking at Evangeline. He can't gesture, like, wrap it up, but he's like, eyes are, like...
1: You're, this is yeah, spiraling yeah. yeah. eventually can you roll me a Witson awareness
3: yeah uh,
2: two successes
1: not quite enough all right you oh. that's that's good you don't have another question come into your head this okay. seems to check all the boxes
2: thank you so much mr kishimoto we appreciate your faith in our department and especially officer miller you may you may leave
1: she tries. I don't think so. I have <laughs> a question or two. <laughs> Mr. Kishimoto, would you want Val Miller to be your sheriff doing the day-to-day policing, checking in on things, making sure the city functions? Uh, I mean, I don't... I don't think so.
2: Objection. This trial is not whether v- Officer Miller should be sheriff. This trial is currently regarding officer miller's value to the community
1: your honor i also believe this speaks to the value to the community is val just another set of muscles on the street or is val someone who they see as integral to the department all right let's roll uh i would say for this one uh charisma and persuasion this one doesn't feel like a technical legal question this one feels like you're just arguing in front of barty whether or not It'll pay off.
4: Is this both of us or is this, this will just this be Evangeline just,
1: okay. as the the one who brought this up. Uh, okay. Evangeline take a bonus die because you have uh, Doris mm. at least implicitly backing you up on this okay
2: four successes
1: uh, he only got two. Mm. So Barty's like, huh that makes sense to me. Who gives a shit? She's never gonna be sheriff. Mm. Fine <laughs> <laughs> very displeased alabaster King. <laughs> hmm <sighs> mr kishimoto are you a mortal yes well then who the hell cares about your opinion oh, but- he just goes mortals and he just sits down and says i'm done
2: <laughs> uh, if we're testifying uh, the defense would like to point out that new haven has 14 thousand mortals And that the prince rules over 14,000 mortals and that those 14,000 opinions do matter. And I feel like they'd be very upset to learn that they don't.
1: And I would argue that those 14,000 people are property and the opinion of property does not matter.
2: It's very interesting to know how little you think of the subjects of our prince.
1: These aren't subjects, they're property. Gotta love Camarilla Law. Uh, and he just sits there confidently. So, Barty's like, uh, Ken, get get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Ken, like, gives Barty an awkward thumbs up, not really sure what to do, and then kind of exits. As he
2: passes, Evangeline's just like, thank you, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> he just leaves. Barty's like, all right, uh, you got any, any, any more? Yes. Okay.
4: I'd like to call Lord Tosterosa to the stand.
1: Oh God. <laughs> Alabaster cane like looks at the phone, there's no objection, picks up the phone, walks forward and puts it on the witness chair. Uh are you gonna lie? I'll do whatever the hell I want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the it's your phone. Now you, Alabaster it. Do- the witness is a phone. Doris, <laughs> talk to the phone.
4: Doris is not going to look at the phone. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> because this is making her very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Toasterosa?
1: Yes? <laughs>
4: you are the prince, yes?
1: Yes. I'm offended that this is a question.
4: I just like... To have it stated for the record.
1: I am the prince of New Haven.
4: And you make the rules, yes? Yes. Right. So, going back to our previous topic, Mr. Fry is your emissary in New Haven, yes? Yes. And so we are supposed to treat him as you if you're not here? Correct. Right. So, (laughs) if he's the prince... And you make the rules.
1: No, no, no. He's not the prince. I'm the prince. He's the sheriff.
4: But if we are to treat him as the prince...
1: Unless he's doing something I don't want him to do.
4: But by your logic, if we are equating the two of you and he is there and you are not, then technically we are supposed to treat whatever rules he comes up with as true.
1: Unless you think I wouldn't make those rules.
4: But according to your logic... He is you, so we would have to treat whatever rules he says as something that you'd want.
1: This feels like you're really telling me what I want instead of me actually doing
4: it. I'm just trying to understand the logic behind your argument, because if we are to follow the sheriff's orders, assuming the sheriff is the prince when you are not here, then we would just naturally assume that what he says goes And what he says is what you'd want because you're not there to say.
1: Yes. Can you you roll me? (gasps) Can you roll me a manipulation and etiquette?
4: Oh,
3: fuck etiquette.
4: Okay.
1: Fuck etiquette.
4: Oh, manipulation. (laughs) Three. I'm going to rouse again.
1: Okie dokie. Yes. three. Three successes. Well, you're lucky. You don't make him angry enough. He hangs up. Um, (laughs) With the prince, there's just a question of how long you will keep him on a phone call. He does not care for. Right. He's like, I don't have to be logical. I'm the prince.
4: I agree, sir. And thus our sheriff, by being your right hand, so to speak, also does not have to be logical if he feels as though the nature and the fate of New Haven hangs in the balance.
1: This feels like you're telling me how I'm supposed to react to my own sheriff.
4: Prince, do you agree that hierarchy is important? Oh, yeah. And do you agree that the town is important to you? Somewhat. Somewhat?
1: I have a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. I am Victor Tosta Rosa V.
4: May I ask, Prince, what you are the ruler of currently? Mm. New Haven? And where else, sir?
1: I don't like your tone.
4: (laughs) I just want to establish that the town is very important to you, sir.
1: The town is one of my many assets.
4: Would you say it is the most important asset to you? No. So if the town were to be destroyed or crumble underneath the weight of conflicting ideals. What would you be the prince of, sir?
1: I would be your prince.
4: Mine alone, sir?
1: Can you roll me? Oh, God. Uh, The same roll. This is definitely a manipulation (sighs) and etiquette.
4: (laughs) Yep. Oh, don't shitballs. That's (laughs) no successes. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, guys, I tried. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: I don't like your insolence. I don't like the way you are talking to me. I don't like that you're clearly soapboxing at the expense of your ruler. I will return for sentencing. Uh, And he just hangs up. I will point out, can you roll me what's an awareness?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh (sighs) i mean we didn't ask him here
4: yeah no that's no successes again no success Uh,
1: okay well then he hung up and it seems bad (laughs) uh eventually you roll me a awareness? yeah and val can you roll me a awareness? because this would apply to everybody in the room everett uh yeah yeah roll for roll oh
2: no oh no oh god um so i rolled Two ones and one was on a hunger. Yeah.
3: Good. Great.
2: I got one success.
3: Be there in a minute with you. <laughs>
4: ah, come on, please, somebody get that. One success. Oh, God damn it. <laughs>
1: I tried. Okay. This just seems bad to everyone. Yep. But it seems the worst <laughs> to Evangeline.
4: Oh, no.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: let's get out the compulsion chart
3: <laughs> just while we're looking that up without the die roll result what Everett is thinking without you know getting any extra insight from our Correct. Game, our storyteller here is that yeah Alabaster Kane brought the prince into this uh, so he's probably got something on the line as well and I wonder if the prince having a bad time how that makes Alabaster Kane mm-hmm. feel,
1: but I, I I have no idea. Uh, Roll me with some awareness for that specifically, because okay. that's an observation that's outside of the general knowledge thing that I was going for. And oh, I was okay. going to say
4: Doris is feeling like she might have given Val an up, and now she's the one who's got a target. <laughs> I uh, just uh, targets. Just yeah, targets, yeah, basically, which to her is a victory. <laughs> so that's uh, how she's interpreting
1: it.
3: Three successes.
1: Three successes. Uh, Alabaster Kane is pulling a pretty good poker face. Uh, it's not given away too too much but normally he's a little he's been gloating through this not having to sit there and play the actual poker game and now there's a poker game being played okay. so it's not definitive what in what ways that could be interpreted but it's being interpreted can you roll me a d10 yeah
2: oh god 10
1: that's the clan compulsion just a second oh
2: no <laughs>
1: no yeah. Let me just see what it is. Flipping through a really low well. I don't think that's oh. that bad. I don't think it's
2: that bad actually.
1: Uh you gain one or more animal feature.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Which will last for you for two.
2: Who fuck cares? Roll vampires.
1: Uh what I will say is <laughs> you uh you grow your cat like features that yeah. make you feel more paranoid and alone. So you have mm-hmm. cat ears. Uh, they say one feature, but I'm going to throw some fangs in there that's fine. and yeah. some yellow cat eyes. They will be tonight and interestingly enough, tomorrow night, which is worth noting for you <laughs> as tomorrow is the Calgary yeah. trip. Okie dokie. Uh, they will also uh, lower, they say reduces one attribute by one. I'm just going to say they'll lower your social interaction checks by one die because people will know that that's occurred. No! Okay. I know, I know. Um. <laughs> But that's there. However, uh, you don't take that, take any specific damage for it. Okay, awesome. Um, it'll just affect your dipoles for tonight and tomorrow. And tomorrow. Because your appearance. Okay. Uh, just the reason why it's affecting those dipoles is people know that's a sign of a gangrel who's been yeah. pushed over the edge. Yeah. So they look at you and just see like, you're not exactly in, you, you have not been in control lately, which tends to suggest <laughs> yeah. that it could reoccur. However, it doesn't mean you do anything in the courtroom. Uh, oh, good. It just means that yeah. everyone looks over, and it's just like I think that's where you saw a moment of poker face or Alabaster Kane, and having seen
2: and then it's just Evangeline like Pop
1: turn into a monster <laughs> person. He's feeling a little more confident because okay. clearly the defense is not feeling confident. Yeah. after
2: Yeah, yeah, it. it- is Evangeline sitting down at this point? Yeah. Or?
1: Yep, sitting next to you.
2: I think Val would just seeing her do that would would like grab Evangeline's hand. She's still handcuffed, but she under the table would just hold Evangeline's hand and look her in the eye. Oh, and I think with like the cat like paranoia and Val's recent <laughs> violence, I think Evangeline would like physically bristle at
1: that. Yep, none of this is. Working I don't think for that's comfortable. All right, great
2: then. Just <laughs> let her go and sit there. Like, yep. Doing nothing right here. I'd love to be comforted by that, but Evangeline just wouldn't <laughs> it's be fair.
3: Everett will say, uh, looking over at Troy, who's, I'm assuming, furiously scribbling everything oh, yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, he'll say out loud, but look at Bart to say, let the record show that Prince Tosta Rosa is no longer on the call. Yeah. Yeah, let it.
1: <laughs> uh, recess or whatever. Uh, and he just grabs <laughs> Everett and hauls him into the, the evidence locker. He's like, okay, so. There's two ways we can go with this. Technically, he said he's coming back for sentencing, which means like we bring him back for the conversation and we don't do any more trial. This is it because he left angry, and I don't. But we got how are the how are Troy's records? Uh, they're pretty good, pretty good. We should okay. Just try. <laughs> Troy comes back. And he's like, "Show us the records for the second half of the trial." Can you give me that role again, baby? Oh. Uh, that was um, se perce- like a, that was a perception one. I fucking can't. Yeah, it was like a it was the equivalent of a perception. So i wits say- and awareness. Wits and awareness. Uh, no, not a no. not a pure one because we're testing somebody else's skills. Mm. So we will do wits and uh, br- 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 wits and etiquette. Okay, because <laughs> really, I'm do, I'm faking a role where you're like rolling to see how well Troy did on the defense side.
3: Uh, Three successes.
1: He gave fucking good notes again. Troy is fucking on this. So there was a risk that he would have shit the bed for Mm -hmm. the notes on the defense and just had great prosecution notes, (laughs) but it's equivalent. So there will be no negative effects from one side being better recorded than the other. Uh, And Bart's like, oh, thank God, get the fuck out. Troy leaves. (laughs) And he's like, okay, so we could allow them to make closing statements like law and order, but both sides get to make a closing statement and the prince won't hear it. Or... We could just not let anybody and be like we're done, and then go sit in a room.
3: We finish this now. We got other things to do.
1: Okay, thank God. And he walks back out into the room and he's like, "All right, we're fucking done. Nobody gets to give a speech." And Alabaster Kane's like, "Shit!"
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, and Doris looks profoundly disappointed.
1: Evangeline is relieved. <laughs> it's time for deliberation. Give me your fucking phone, you goddamn lawyer. Uh, and he takes the the phone from Alabaster Kane, uh, and you guys go into the interrogation room where you are separate.
4: Uh, yeah, I think Doris would just kind of look at Evangeline and just say, I was going somewhere with that. Uh, you, d- you,
2: d- you did good, honestly, like, uh, yeah. Hm.
1: Honestly, you didn't do badly, I'll say. For first-time trial lawyers, I'm impressed. Uh, and you realize Alabaster Kane's whole hating you persona has evaporated instantly. What? (laughs) Uh, You you are off in a deliberation room. So you you and Bart have exited the interrogation room. But outside he's like, oh, to be clear, I don't hate any of you. I'm just doing my job. I
2: fucking hate you.
1: Yeah, well, that's not anything fucking new, is it? Nope.
2: So what do you do for fun?
1: (laughs) Fun? I'm a lawyer. I do work.
2: Is work
4: fun? Oh, yeah. Have you ever been burnt at the stake?
1: No, no, that requires losing a case. You're a lot. (laughs) Takes one to know one. I agree. I like you.
4: She just stares at you.
1: Yeah, you like me. (laughs) (laughs) And we cut into the deliberations. Uh, Tostarosa has been called back in. He's on the line, but he's not saying anything. You are sitting at a table inside this room. You can see the broken mirror; it's just yep. shattered glass. And yep. then the office where you've seen Bart roll in and out, uh, cutting himself up in the process, but using the <laughs> cool. blood that's inside his ghoul system to heal himself just as quickly he, as he did it earlier. Just go.
3: That
1: was all that came out of him. Um, he's he's got his metal mug because he keeps breaking all the other ones, so right. he can he can drink iced tea out of it. And he's he's got a cigarette like he's got the hooks for the mug and he has two cigarettes in his right hand that he is smoking simultaneously. (laughs) And he's like, okay, so the prince is listening. Uh, Okay. So she, we got, we got three parts of this charge. Uh, She fucking attacked you. So that one's a given Uh, intent. Uh, I would say uh, uh, she was following my orders. I ordered her to attack me. Okay. But it was according to Alabaster Cane." He looks over to the phone to make it clear that he is arguing this for the phone's sake, not for your sake. (laughs) But uh, it was an unlawful order. She was going to attack somebody, and attacking people in the department shows that she's unpredictable. It can't be controlled.
3: I believe she did show that she could be controlled, even when she's at her worst. Uh, She followed an order of the sheriff. Now, we talk about that that was an unlawful order. I believe Alabaster Kane Uh, And uh, uh, Officer uh, Barbara, uh, in getting various testimony and making their own uh, testimony, made it clear that a order from the prince supersedes all, obviously. If the prince ordered someone to attack me, they would be bound by law to do so. And so as the voice of the prince went out making order to attack me, that's that same law coming into
1: place. I do love a semantic argument you just hear (laughs) over the phone. But before we make any decisions, what is the punishment? What is the sentence based on each of these findings? Guilty of one, guilty of two, guilty of three. Guilty of three is death. All right. Guilty of two is... uh. Barty, Barty has this thing that just says like...
3: <laughs> it's like losing
1: an eye? It was like losing an eye. Barty already is panicking because death was supposed to be exile, which he has, and he just like cross it, right? Death on oh, the oh, big scared question oh, mark. Oh, sorry. I, I,
3: that's uh, m- me misremembering. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: no. It's, uh, it was supposed uh, to be... So three was like, it says exile okay. with quest, but he's like put an X through it. Oh, oh. And, uh, two...
3: Everett will correct himself. and be like, I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, exile with a quest, not death. Why? Death seems to make so much more sense. Uh, well, Exile with a Quest gives uh, the uh, accused an opportunity to redeem herself. Uh, I believe uh, she is valuable to the community and to this very small law office. Uh, you may not be aware, sir, but we are under attack by a cult and uh, the mafia. The new mafia. Well, when are, when are you being attacked? We've already been attacked by both groups. Officer Miller was there and was instrumental in fighting them off. Defending so you're the saying city. the city is under
1: active attack by enemies?
3: Uh, not currently. In fact, we're entering negotiations with the new Note Nostra. Peace talks,
1: I believe. I hate to say it, but what the fuck? You're entering into peace talks on my behalf without telling me? No.
3: Uh... I believe the pretense is peace talks. I'm preparing for war,
1: sir. All right. Can you roll me a wits and awareness? Yeah. Uh, one. Uh, three successes. Great. You've just realized you're going to have to play a game of choose your fuck up. Because either mm. you entered into peace talks without him mm-hmm. or... You are under active threat and preparing for war, and Val fucked you up mm-hmm. on the eve of a day where anyone could attack, which definitely affects the next five days. Okay. So you were going to have to pick your poison in front of Rosa, knowing that the decision you make could decide Val's fate.
0: This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at DelTastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter, and Storyteller Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter. at Dum Dum Dice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash DumDumDice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash DumDumDice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of dark
1: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time: the half-blind prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D and D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn One One Three Eight, Allerain Okapi, Omg, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L.,